Love Brother Rouse, Sister Rouse, and appreciate their ministries. He comes to preach to us tonight. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit again tonight. Come on, would you give that hand clap to the Lord tonight? Amen. He is truly worthy. I wonder, would somebody lift your voice with your hand clap? Hallelujah. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, anybody knows we serve a good God tonight? Hallelujah. 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 We serve a God that is able. We serve a God that is mighty. We serve a God that is in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We serve a God that never slumbers, that never sleeps. Amen. He doesn't get so weary and exhausted with us that he has to go lay down and take a nap. Amen. But we serve a God. He's always on call. Amen. 24-7, 365. Amen. There is nothing that uh, catches him off guard. Amen. But he knows the, the end from the very beginning. Amen. What a faithful God we serve. How many knows that he's faithful? I said, how many knows that he is truly faithful? Hallelujah. Amen. He, he is one on whom we can lean, on whom we can depend. Amen. There's some people, if you try to trust in them too much, you find yourself in a, in a bad uh, situation. Amen. You, there's some people we, we try to trust sometimes, but uh, when we really need them, amen, they're nowhere to be found. But Jesus is not like that. Amen. He's only one mention, uh, mention of his name away. Amen. And he shows up. Amen. It doesn't matter how, how thick of a rope you need to pull you out. doesn't matter how big of a chain you need to pull you out of the bind you're in. He's got exactly what you need and exactly when you need it. It doesn't matter what type of key you need to loosen the lock that has you bound up. But he's got exactly what you need to give you power and dominion and victory and authority. He is an awesome, awesome God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, Judges chapter 15. Amen. Beginning with verse number 14. Amen. Once again, we do give honor to Pastor Moore. Amen. Give honor to First Lady Sister Moore. Amen. And I know that y'all love them as much as we do. Amen. They've been awesome to us and good to me and my family, and I appreciate them. Amen. And uh, I'm glad I get to pick on Sister Moore a little bit. Amen. But she got me back pretty good last night, so I don't think I'm going to mess with her too much anymore. Kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but I think I'll get over it. <laughs> I'm just teasing. God's good to us. And, uh, you know, Brother Moore was talking about the dung gate a while ago, and I'm not sure if there is such a gate as a crow-eating gate, but if there is, I think I've been there uh, working on that part of the wall. Amen. Tail feathers and all. Amen. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 15, <laughs> verse number 14, says, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, him speaking of Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, and with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramoth Lehi. And he was sore of thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? 
but God clave and hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he, rev- and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof in Hakkor, which, which is in Lehi, unto this day. Amen. Samson found him in a place, himself in a place of bondage. Amen. But as the enemy began to shout against him, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and his bands, his bonds were like as if they did not even exist as they melted away from his body by the power and by the presence of God. And there, conveniently close by, was the jawbone of a donkey that he picked up. And with that, that weapon that seems like an unlikely weapon, God wrought a great victory in his life. Amen. I wonder, would you lay your Bibles down? I wonder, would you lift your hands together with me one more time all across this house? Let's begin to pray together for the Lord to have his way. I wonder, would you specifically pray for God to touch you and for God to minister to your life tonight? God, would you pray for the Lord to open up your heart, your, your mind, your understanding? God, anoint your ears to hear. Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. God, uh, I pray that you would anoint every ear to hear your word tonight. God, uh, Lord, I pray that you would minister to each individual need that's in this house tonight. God, uh, Lord, you know what is going on in God you know every situation God you know every home God that is represented here in the house of the Lord tonight God Lord I pray God that you would bind up the broken hearted and set every captive soul free God I admit my dependence upon you God empty me of myself and fill me with your holy anointing God Lord I lay my own ideas my own thoughts my own opinions aside God Lord and I pray that you would anoint me and use me for your glory God as a tool as an instrument in the palm of your hand God God, for with you, God, nothing shall be impossible, God. Break every chain, destroy every yoke of bondage by your mighty power and by your anointing. Lift the heavy burden off the shoulders of your people tonight, God. And if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said that it was because of your anointing. Would you clap your hands one more time? Come on, I wonder what somebody shouting to God. Come on, somebody ought to act like you're not ashamed. Somebody ought to act like you're not ashamed to praise that glorious, wonderful, mighty name. What a wonderful God we serve. What a name that is above every name. God, we glorify you. We exalt you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to preach to you what the Lord laid on my heart earlier today. Amen. In prayer and study. Amen. And just a simple thought, but I'm just praying that the Lord would move and have his way. Anybody want God to have his way in this house tonight? Amen. God uses what some see as insignificant. Amen. God uses what some see as insignificant. Amen. The word insignificant means too small or unimportant to be worth consideration. Amen. Here we find Samson has been bound up by the Philistines and is being led captive into their homeland away from Israel. He's being taken captive by the uncircumcised Philistines that have risen up against the children of God. Their job has been to torment and to bring discord to the people of God. Their job has been to attack and to pillage and to cause them to live in constant fear 
fear of being attacked and constant fear of being destroyed and constant fear of having everything stripped away from them. And now this mighty man named Samson who would look to be a deliverer, who would look to be a conqueror, now he finds that he has been tied up and things bondage has been placed upon his life. And as he's walking along, I'm sure that his eyes fall upon many different things that are lying about on the ground. And no doubt, maybe he steps over some rocks and some stones or maybe walks around them to keep from falling down as he is bound up and his guards are close around him. And no doubt his eyes fall on many different objects that are too insignificant to even be mentioned. But as he walks and as his enemy is getting ready to shout against him and as his adversary is getting ready to triumph over him, as they begin to lift their voice in victory, as they begin to lift their voice to rejoice over Samson, something begins to happen in Samson's life as now the power of God begins to flow through his veins and the power of God begins to touch him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet and what had him bound now begins to melt away from him and what had him held up now begins to fall off of his body and begins to fall off of his hand just like wax that begin to melt in the presence and in the power of God almighty and here we find Samson as the spirit of God begins to move upon him the soldiers have already walked past this jawbone and they didn't think anything about it it was not significant to them it was not important to them they had their weapons of war in their hands but here as the unction and as the power of God begins to move on Samson he reaches out and grabs that unlikely weapon and he takes it in his hand and by the power of God he begins to fight and he begins to see victory in his life can I tell you as he begins to attack the adversary he begins to pile him up a heap here and a heap there as the power of God moves and as the power of God works in his life can I tell you Samson may not have had a weapon of war but he had the God that can use the insignificant it doesn't matter how small or how unimportant something may seem when you let the power of God get a hold of it it can make a huge difference in your life it doesn't matter how small it doesn't matter how minute all that matters is that when God begins to move there is nothing that he cannot use to give you victory there's nothing that he cannot use to allow you to overcome in your mind and in your spirit. One against a thousand. No matter if he would have had the finest weapons, would have been a very insignificant challenge for the adversary. Even if he would have been armed with a sword and a shield and armor and a helmet, it would not have even really mattered. It would have just been a little battle that would have ended quickly. But when the Spirit of God shows up, it did not matter if there was only one. 
And it did not matter if the only weapon he could get his hand on was the jawbone of a donkey. All that matters is that now the Spirit of God is moving upon his life. And all that matters is that now what you thought you had me bound with no longer has me bound anymore. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Can I tell you the adversary is thinking that he's leading some of you off. He's leading some of you astray and leading some of you away. But what you need is for the power of the Holy Ghost to awaken your mind and for you to realize I'm bound by things that the power of God can just cause to melt off of me. I'm bound by things that that all-consuming fire, which is God, which is the Holy Ghost, it can melt these things off of my mind and off of my body and off of my hands and I can find me a weapon. Hey, the enemy might think it's insignificant. They might think I'm too little. They might think I'm too small. They might not think I'm big enough, but that's all right. God can take something and make something out of it. He can take nothing and turn it into something glorious. He can take nothing and make it a power to be reckoned with. When you allow the Holy Ghost to use you, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. When you allow the power of God to breathe in your life, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. With one man and one insignificant weapon, he was able to confound all logic and all common sense. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 says, For we see, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yeah, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. What a mighty God we serve tonight. A God that chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. A God that said I can take some weak things and I can confound the mighty. A God that says it doesn't matter what it may look like to your enemy. As long as you allow my spirit to move upon you, I can take something. I can take something that's insignificant and make a champion out of them. I can take somebody that feels like a failure and make a warrior out of them. I can take somebody that feels like a nobody and put my hand on their life and they can use what I've given them and bring a mighty victory not only in their life but in their homes not only in their homes but in their church and in their community I come to tell you some of you just need to reach out and grab a hold of what God has provided some of you need to have enough faith to say it don't look like much but in the hand of God he's able to turn it around in the hand of God he's able to make a way it's just a jawbone but it's more than enough to bring the victory it's just a little weapon but it's more than enough to turn it around God Paul said God chose to do things a little backwards sometimes he can make the wisest man 
look foolish without even trying. He can make the strongest army look foolish by not even trying. God help me, Jesus. He can make the strongest addiction look weak. Oh, when he begins to move and he begins to work. Oh, he can take the greatest bondage with all its locks and all its chains. He can take Alcatraz and make it look like a walk in the park. He can take what the devil says you'll never rise up from and he can make it look like a nice mattress. Hey, just long enough for you to catch a little break until you get back up again. I come to let somebody know God can take what looks insignificant to some people and turn it into something great. Come on, you got the hand of God on your life. You don't have to be led away captive, but let the Holy Ghost be that fire that burns. Let the Holy Ghost be that fire that melts those chains away and you can have dominion and power in God. Hallelujah. What the world sees as, in, as insignificant, as unimportant, God can use it in a mighty way. Why? So that no flesh should glory in his presence. That way, when you've received the victory in your life, you've got to realize it wasn't me, but it was God. God took somebody as weak as me and he gave me power to overcome. God took somebody as ineffective as me and he's made me effective. God took somebody as feeble as me and he strengthened my hands and he touched me and I've never been the same again. God took somebody like me when the enemy was saying, hey, we got him where we want him now. Hey, God thought he was going to use this one, but now we're about to snuff out his light and snuff out his candle but God said hey not just yet I know how to make you look foolish devil I know how to make you look like a little kid you don't know what you're fooling with you're fooling with the anointing and you're fooling with the power of God I come to let the devil know tonight that here in this place there's enough anointing of God to destroy every chain to loose every shackle to loose every fetter not just in this house but up and down these streets it doesn't matter what it looks like God can take something insignificant and use it for his glory and use it for his power and use it to make a way where there seemed to be no way Samson after taking that jawbone in his hand Slaying a thousand soldiers. He said, Heaps upon heaps have I slain. Laid out everywhere on the battlefield. And then this man that just wrought the greatest victory in his life up to this point takes that jawbone and casts it aside. And then all of a sudden, it begins to hit him that thirst that is to the point where he, he cries out to God. And says, God, if something don't happen, I'm about to die. 
If something don't happen, I'm about to die from this thirst that I have within me. Oh, after all this fighting, and even after this great victory, God, did you just allow me to have this victory for me to lay down to never rise up again? And then God begins to move and God begins to work upon that jawbone that Samson has already thrown to the side. And out of that jawbone, God puts a fountain of water. It begins to come forth and there from that very same thing that Samson had used as a weapon. Now he uses it as a fountain for revival, as a fountain for giving himself nourishment, not by himself, but by the mighty hand of God that says, I can make a way even with a little insignificant jawbone. I can cause you to use it to triumph over your enemies and I can use it to give you revival in your spirit. Can I tell you, sometimes after it seems like we've won some of the greatest victories in our lives and yeah, we feel good for a moment and we feel good for a minute then all of a sudden hell shows up again and hell starts knocking on the door saying, hey, hey I'm going to drag you back down and I'm going to cause you to never rise up again and all the forces and all the demonic all powers, they say, hey you might have won a great victory but you're going to die now and if you might as well give up can I tell you it's God's will for you to cry out to him and say God I know you didn't bring me this far to let me die of thirst I know you didn't bring me this far to let me die where I am can I tell you keep holding on God knows how to give you water keep holding on God knows how to make it flow in your life again God took that jawbone. No telling how many people had stepped on it. No, matter, no telling how many people had walked over it. Never paid it much attention. But God took that insignificant piece that lay on the ground and turned it into a weapon that was unstoppable. God took that little jawbone that was no good for nothing you would think just by looking at it. Just the memory of something that was alive and now is dead. God took that jawbone and said I can open up a fountain from within that jawbone. Can I tell you if God can bring uh, water out of a rock he can bring water out of a jawbone and he can bring water out of a bad situation when you feel like you're in between a rock and a hard place he can bring water out of the rock and he can bring water out of the hard place and you'll find yourself saying hey I thought it looked like it was over but God took something insignificant and gave it power God took something insignificant that others said would never last that others said would never make it and by the power of God I feel refreshed and I feel revived hey somebody hand me my jawbone I got my mind made up it's not only a weapon for victory but it's a fountain for restoration it's not only a weapon to let the adversary know you're under my feet but when I need a drink I can turn it up and God can revive my spirit when you think about David and how mighty he was used by God it's hard to think Sometimes that at one point he was looked over and he was left in the field when all the other brethren were called to the house for a king was to be anointed of the house of Jesse. 
But David wasn't even thought highly enough to even be invited. Surely it's not going to be the youngest. Surely it's not going to be David. But God put his hand upon David's life. And as David makes his way to the battlefield, bringing gifts from his father for his brethren, everybody else is shaking in their armor. and Everybody else is shaking out of fear because the giant Goliath is making his request and boasting of himself how that he's a champion and how that he's a warrior and how that nobody can defeat him and how that nobody can overcome him and nobody can conquer him. He is the champion. Oh, from the days of his youth, here stands a champion. Here stands a man that is unbeaten in battle. Here stands a man that outtowers everyone around him. And no doubt, every step he takes... It's intimidating to the enemy. It's intimidating to those that are not on his side as they find themselves a rock or a hole to hide in. Oh, afraid to come out. Hey, I don't want to die. I don't want to be defeated. But there was something on the inside of David that said, is there not a cause? It didn't matter the size of David. It didn't matter if his brother talked down to him. It didn't matter what his family thought about him. All that matters that God had took something uh, that seemed insignificant to somebody else uh, and he put his anointing upon his life. Uh, he, uh, he put his hand upon his life uh, and said, I don't care what anybody says about you. Uh, can I break it down to where some of you are living? Uh, it doesn't matter what your father says about you. Uh, it doesn't matter what your mother might have did. Uh, it doesn't matter what your family might have said. Uh, all that matters is that God uh, has got his hand on your life. Uh, others might think you're insignificant uh, but you're a big deal to God. He puts a lot of confidence in you. He believes in you that you're able to triumph and that you're able to overcome, not on your own, but by His Spirit. And David makes his way before Saul. God help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. And as Saul looks at David, he sees inadequacy. He sees this young man's not enough. Sure, he's got a little spunk. But, son, you're just a kid. You're just a youth. And Goliath is a man of war from his youth. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if David was a smart aleck or not, but he might have been thinking, you know, what would you just say? David, uh, Goliath started when he was young. Hallelujah. And if he did it, and he's an uncircumcised Philistine, then I'm sure God can raise up a champion for himself. What the world thinks it can do better than us? Hey, it's got another thing coming, baby. Because can I tell you, God can take the weak things and confound the mighty. If the world can raise up their champions and hell can have a champion, then how much greater can the champion of God be? How much more mighty can the champion of God be? When God puts his hand on somebody's life, he raises up men and women to kill giants. He raises up men and women to be conquerors by his spirit. First Samuel 17, 33. And Saul said to David, they were not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, but thou art but a youth. 
and he a man of war from his youth. Saul sees him as insufficient, not enough to face Goliath. But then David begins to give his testimony. And Brother Ford, I begin to think, what kind of authority did he deliver this testimony with? What kind of, uh, of faith, what kind of power for this, this, this man that Saul says, this young man that Saul says, You're, there's no way you can face him. But with such conviction could he tell his testimony and with such confidence could he tell his story of how that he was taking care of daddy's sheep and a lion came up and it was the spirit of God it was the hand of God that delivered that lion into my hand and I took the sheep back from him and there was a bear that came oh I wonder what kind of conviction was in his voice when he was trying to tell, get his point across Hey, don't just look at me on the outside of what you see I might not look look like much but it's never been about me baby it's never been about my looks it's never been about my first name or my last name it's always been about who he is and this giant he's not just defying us but he's defying our God is there not a cause is there not a man that'll stand up my God help me Everything rested on this one warrior that was to be chosen. Captivity and bondage rested on this one warrior. What kind of speech, what kind of testimony could be powerful enough from a young man? Oh, can I tell you, it was the Spirit of God that was upon him when he got through letting Saul know, hey, let me tell you what God has done for me. Hey, Saul said, hey, you convince me. You just go on up and you fight him. I want to let somebody know tonight that there ought to be such conviction in your voice, such confidence in your voice when you let the world know what God's done for you. Hey, it'll be enough to convince them. God is able. God can do it. God can use them. Verse 38, after David tells Saul, this uncircumcised Philistine isn't going to be any different than the lion and the bear because the Lord's going to make a way. Help me, Jesus. And Saul armed David with his armor and put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor. And he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. Now as little kids, I always saw the little curling, uh, coloring pages up where David you know, was loaded down with this stuff and couldn't even waddle around. you know. But I don't believe that's how it was. He did not say this stuff doesn't fit me. He did not say I cannot wear this. It's not my right size. But, he's, but the more he said, I cannot go with these because I have not yet proved them. Can I tell you, if you're looking for something that works, it's not going to be made by man. If you're 
looking for something that works, it's not going to be given to you by some doctor. Or it's not going to be some advice given to you by some lawyer. But it's going to be from the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost. David said, I'm going to go with what's proven. And I've already proved that my God's a deliverer. I've already proved that when I was outsized and outmatched, what I had to do was call on the name of the Lord. And the Lord delivered me. And the Lord made a way. And not only did I triumph, but I took back what the enemy stole. Hey, can I tell you, somebody needs to take dominion back. You cowered down long enough, but in the name of the Lord, you can take it all back and say, this lamb is mine. This sheep is mine. And you can't have it. You can't devour it. And you can't destroy it. Tell you what, I wonder what would happen if some men and women would become so relentless that it would be like they said in Amos where they took just a piece of an ear out of the lion's mouth. You think you destroyed and you think you conquered I'm not even going to let you rejoice over what you think you destroyed I'm going to take what you think you've destroyed and I ain't even going to let you I ain't even going to let you enjoy that anymore I'm going to take back it might look dead but God can revive it it might look like only a piece is left but God can revive it it might look like only a little is left but God can restore it devil you can't have it anymore I'm taking everything back if I got to reach in and take out a leg then I'm going to do it. If I got to reach in and take out a foot, then I'm going to do it. If I got to reach in and take out an ear, then by the power of God, I'm going to do it. To David, to saw rather David's weapons, we're not good enough. The garments that David had on weren't quite warrior-like enough for Saul. But David said, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to help me, but I haven't proved that. I got to do what I know, no works. And he picks up his staff and he goes down into the valley and there he takes out of the brook, he takes five smooth stones and he has his sling, and there as he goes, even Goliath looks out at him and says, what am I, a dog? What, is this some kind of joke? You're going to send out a, a lad, a little boy to come fight me? I, you know, I wonder if at first he thought it was just you know, a little joke maybe, you know, maybe trying to mess with his mind a little bit. But it didn't take him long to realize this, this, this fellow means business. This fellow's, come, this fellow's coming on a mission. This, this fellow's got something in mind and it ain't pretty. And God help me, Jesus. And Goliath says, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds and the fowls of the air. And David says, well, you know what? I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. You think that's something? Hey, what you think you can do to me? By the power of God, I can do it a little bit better than what you can do it. By the power of God, I can triumph over you. You know why? You got your confidence in swords and in spears and in shields. Hey, but I got my confidence in the name of the Lord. I'm not leaning on this sling. 
I'm not leaning on this stone, but I'm already standing on a rock that is sure. I'm standing on a rock that cannot be shaken, that cannot be moved, and it is solid ground. I'm not going down. I'm not going down because I come to you in the name, in the name of the Lord. An insignificant young man with an insignificant sling, with an insignificant stone, brought down a great big old champion. Hallelujah. not, Not by his own abilities but because he allowed his sling to be given into the hand of the Lord because he allowed himself to be put into the hand and into the palm of God hey can I tell you the adversary might laugh at you but let him go ahead and laugh the devil might say I'm going to spread you from here to yonder and you're not going to rise again let him go ahead and talk but then when it comes your turn to speak just go ahead and let him know you're not even fighting me you're looking at me watch out God's about to get you watch out God's about to show up watch out you're looking at me but it's not even me it's God that's gonna bring the rock on your head it's not me but it's the power of God that's gonna make a way You're talking about a knockout. Can you imagine you squared up with somebody and you're waiting for them to throw a right or a left, maybe an uppercut, and you're waiting. All of a sudden, you're laying flat on your back because God stepped in and said, it doesn't matter what you think. You're not fighting him. You're fighting me because I'm his God and I'm his champion. I'm his shepherd. I'm his keeper. I'm his protector. And by me, you ain't going to have it unless you go through me first. And there's no way you're going to get through God to get to his children. He is a defender and he is the champion of all champions. He is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. He is mighty in battle, and he is undefeated. That that tried to intimidate is now laying flat on his back. That that tried to put fear into the children of God Find itself laid out before the presence of God Almighty. Why? Because when, this, when Satan messes with you and messes with me, he's trying to be, he, do, he doesn't realize you done messed up now. Woo! Anybody, anybody ever offended a little child and it wasn't long, the mama or daddy showed up and you was like, oh, Lord. It wasn't how it was, I promise. I'm, I'm sorry. Because you know, hey, this ain't a little kid. This is mom and daddy. Now, now I got to answer to them. But can I tell you something? That's how it is when Satan tries to mess with you. And when Satan tries to mess with me, oh, Satan thinks, oh, I can push them around. I can bully them a little bit. I can push them in a corner. When out of nowhere, the Holy Ghost wind begins to blow. And the power of God begins to move. And the tables begin to turn. And everything begins to shift. Why? Because God done showed up. And God said, oh, 
you got to do is stand still and see my salvation. All you got to do is realize I am a man of war and I am on your side and there is not a chariot, there's not a soldier, there's not a horseman, there's not a footman, there's not anybody that can stand before the presence of God Almighty. He can take a great big army and drown it in a sea. He can take a great big Pharaoh and wash him up on the shore. Hey, can I tell you there's nothing too hard for God? Hallelujah. And with that slaying and that stone, God steps in and God makes a way. Can I tell you that with what looks insignificant to other people, God can use it to bring a great victory, a great deliverance in your life. Some of you feel intimidated because you feel like your gifts ain't as great as somebody else's. Or your talents aren't as, aren't as good as somebody else's. And, and maybe, maybe it's not just laid out just like somebody else's is. And, and maybe you're not as financially well off as somebody else. And, and maybe you don't have all the toys that somebody else might have. And, and all the extras, you know, that come with having a little extra money around. And maybe Satan tries to whisper to you and say, well, that makes you less than them. And that makes it the way you're not as good as them. But can I tell you, I want to come against the lies of hell tonight. And tell you that no matter what your status is, you're just as important to God as the next person is. You might not be a full-time minister. You might not be up here singing. You might not be back there teaching a Sunday school class. But you still have a place in the house of God. And don't ever leave your place because it'll be noticed and you'll be missed. But you get in there and say, God, I might just have a little sling, but I'm picking up a stone. And in the name of Jesus, I'm going to charge my adversary and let him know hey I might not have a lot but I know who Jesus is I know who my deliverer is I know who my way maker is and his name is Jesus you know there's some you know they don't put a lot of importance on the word of God there's some Say, so you know what, that's, why would I bind myself up with, 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 the, with the Word of God and with the Bible? And uh, why, why would I take time to really get into all that? It might not even be true anyway. And, and maybe it's just a story, a group of stories strung together. Maybe, maybe they teach good moral lessons and good moral points. But, but, but what if it's not the inspired word of God? And you, you know, a lot of you have probably heard some of that stuff. And the people uh, it just try to write it off and mark it off. But can I tell you, uh, the word of God is something uh, that, like David said, I, I haven't proved some of these things. Uh, but there's one thing that I do know that's going to work. Uh, and can I tell you, that's the way I feel about the word of God. Uh, it doesn't matter what any naysayer says about it. Uh, it doesn't matter what any professor in a college might say about it. They might just say, well, that's just some ancient writings or that's just something that they found somewhere. Maybe somebody made that up or manufactured that. But can I tell you, the Word of God is something that you can depend on. The Word of God is something that you can rely on in your time of need. And just like when David went out to fight the giant, hey, can I tell you, when you go out to face your enemy, you can depend on the Word of God to be right there with you. 
You can depend on the power of God to go with you when you put your confidence in Jesus. And I tell you, his word is powerful. His word is mighty. And his word is able to save. And it's able to deliver. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick. It means it's alive. Powerful and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the and intents of the heart. Can I tell you, we have a word that is quick, that is alive. That word is powerful, and it's sharper than any weapon that you could think of. It's more powerful than any device of Satan, than any device of hell. Can I tell you, when you find yourself in a bad situation, you can pull out the word of God and begin to rest and begin to lean on the promises of God. And can I tell you, you can feel a lot better knowing Hey, that when I call on the name of the Lord, the word of God tells me that he will hear my cry and he will come and see about my need. Hey, when I feel broken, I can run to the word of the Lord and find where God is nigh unto them that have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Hey, when I feel like I'm not good enough, I can run to the word of God and I can read and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When I feel overwhelmed, I can run to the word of God and say lead me to that rock that is higher than I can I tell you we serve a God that his word is able his word is able to see you through any disease through any sickness through any heartache through any fear through any failure it's by his words the world May view it as insignificant. May look at it as unimportant. But to me, it's the difference maker. To me, it's where I ran when I was confused and I needed answers. And I found that, hey, there is only one God, and his name is Jesus. That's where I ran and I found that neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's where I found that perfect love casteth out fear. Can I tell you, when you're walking in the love of God, you don't have to be fearful and afraid for anything, but you can let that lying devil know, I've got the sword of the spirit on my side and I'm going to cut down every lie I'm going to cut down everything that you've tried to exalt in my life and then I'm going to stand on top of it and let you know it's not by might not by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts God will do it in your life and he keeps his word Ephesians 6 and 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, it's easy to adopt the defensive stance, but there's times when we got to take out that sword and we got to march forward and say, Devil, you ain't taking another inch 
that I've gained. You're not taking another ounce of victory that I've won up to this point, but I've got a weapon of offense, and I'm moving forward. You may think you got me backed in a corner right now, but it's time for me to be on the move. It's time for me to shake myself and let the Spirit of God awaken me out of this slumber that's trying to bind me up, to awaken me out of this, this place that I'm in where I feel complacent in the house of God, and I feel like I can just kind of flow through to the last altar calls given and the last song is sung and the preacher dismisses and we can get up and go home and come back again oh but there ought to be something that rises up in us that says devil we're going to take every inch that you think you've stolen from us we're going to take every lamb out of your mouth that you think you're going to devour and it's not going to be by our abilities but it's going to be by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the word of the Lord that says I can and I will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Can I tell you just like David, you ought to have a word in your mouth that makes hell tremble, that makes the devil fear, that lets the devil know hey, he's got a made up mind and I'm not going to stop him. He's got his heart fixed and I cannot convince him to throw in the towel. The word, a powerful weapon. It's our sword to cut down the enemy. I will not overlook. I will not push it aside. But God, I need your word in my life. Oh, the psalmist said, a word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, God's word leads me and guides me. It directs my footsteps. It gives me the ability to be an overcomer. It gives me the ability to let the devil know God is in control of my life. And that there's not one single place you can try to drag me that'll ever convince me that God does not love me and that God does not care about me. I wonder what would happen in somebody's life tonight if you would somehow make up your mind. Hey, I'm going to lean on the word and I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. But when things look rocky and things look bad I'm going to lean on the Lord I'm going to lean on the word of God hey Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones why because he said I'm going to keep it to myself and I'm not going to utter the words anymore because the the way the people they're not receiving it and they're just mocking it but Jeremiah said the more I tried to hold it in I couldn't keep it to myself because it was like fire shut up in my bones can I tell you some of you just need to let the fire loose and let it consume your adversary and let it consume your enemy. Some of you sitting here tonight and you feel so dry that you wonder what you're going to do next. Hey, when when you're at your driest, that's when just a little bit of spark can ignite your life and you can be a Holy Ghost blaze. You might feel like you're about washed up. You might feel like you're about stretched out and dried out, but I wonder if a little Holy Ghost spark could somehow light on you and set you won't blaze uh, and let a fire burn in you again uh, that'll put hell to shame uh, that'll put the enemy to shame uh, and make him say hey uh, there's something going on in his life Mark, Mark 13 and 11 says but when they shall lead you and deliver you up take no thought beforehand what you shall speak neither do ye premeditate 
Well, whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now, for some reason when I read this, it, it took my mind back to Samson. And I just, I just somehow, I, for, for some reason, these just run parallel to me. Because Jesus is telling them when they take you and they're leading you up. And they got you bound. And they're trying to uh, speak all manner of evil against you. And they're trying uh, to do all this thing. You don't even have to premeditate. You don't even have to think about what you're going to say beforehand. Uh, because when the time is right, uh, and when the hour is right, uh, I'm going to give you the weapon in your mouth uh, that you need. Uh, just like he did it for Samson. When Samson was loosed right there, there was a weapon that he could pick up in his hand. And can I tell you, God knows how to deliver you when hell's trying to put you on trial, when your enemy's trying to put you on trial. He knows how to put a word of victory in your mouth. He knows how to put a word of deliverance in your mouth. Can I tell you, the world might think it's insignificant. The world might think it's not important. But it's important that we have the word of God alive on the inside of us. Because when we need it the most, God said, I can allow you to speak a word of deliverance, to speak a word of victory over your life. Hey, it's not going to be what you say, but it's going to be the Holy Ghost that moves and works in your life. It's not going to be what you can make up on your own, but it's going to be inspired by me. My wife would make her way to the music. Can I tell you there's things God makes a way and it might look as ugly as a jawbone sometimes but God knows how to get the job done. It might be as crude as a dead donkey's jaw but God said it doesn't really matter how insignificant it looks. I can take it and put it in your hand and put my spirit upon you. And I can bring a great deliverance and a great victory in your life. I wonder, would you lift your hands with me right now all across the house of the Lord? I wonder, would you lift your voice with me right now all across this sanctuary? There's church services. There's sermons and words that have been preached. That at the time you heard them or the time you said in them, maybe they seemed insignificant to you. But how many times have you run back in your time of need? Say, I remember what brother so-and-so said. Or if I can I get personal, say, I remember what brother McCain said that night. I remember what some of these other evangelists said. I remember what Pastor Moore said. and I remember what Brother Ford said. I can lean on that word. And I can lean on that. Some of you have had victories spoken over your life more times than you can count. But yet, most of the time you feel insignificant and you feel defeated here in the house of the Lord tonight I come to tell you there's a God that you can lean on there is a word a sure word it's not wishy-washy it's not dependent upon your emotion 
It's not dependent on whether you're up or whether you're down, but the Word of God is sure. The Word of God is forever settled. Come on, you might be on an emotional roller coaster. You might be on just a a spiral of ups and downs, and and you don't even know what's going on, but the Word of God is forever settled. The Word of God is yes and amen. The Word of God, it does not waver. It does not return void, but it accomplishes everything that it is sent out to do. Can I tell you, the Word of God will not return back to God empty-handed. But the Word of God accomplishes every task that God sends it out to do. Jesus finds Himself in the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. It says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus is hungry. He's been fasting for 40 days. Verse 4 says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him up on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and, his, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Satan found Jesus in a weak moment of the flesh and said, if you're God, command these stones to be made bread. And as Jesus wielded the word as a sword, he also let us in on a very important revelation to grab a hold of. And that is not only is the word a weapon to fight Satan with, But man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can I tell you, the word is just like Samson's jawbone. That not only is it a weapon, but there is some water and there is some nourishment that flows out of the Word of God. Not only can I wield it as a weapon, but I can turn it up as a cup to find refreshment and to find revival in my spirit. Not only can I tell the devil it is written, get thee behind 
me, Satan, but I can go to that word and I can pour over it and I can pour it down my throat and it can feed me and it can nourish me and it can make me feel alive again on the inside. I come to let somebody know tonight it's not over yet, but the word of God is here tonight to revive you. The word of God is here tonight to not only let your bonds fall off, to not only cause your chains to fall off, but they give you revival and refreshment in your spirit. It's a weapon for victory. It's a fountain of restoration. Would you lift your hands with me all across the house one more time? God uses God uses the insignificant. Some make light of it. But God said, I can do whatever I desire with whomever I desire. God said, do not be afraid. Do not be overwhelmed. But lean. Lean on Him. God said that at the last moment, He's going to provide you with a weapon. You've prayed many prayers. And it seems like every door has been shut and every door has been closed. But God said he's not finished and he's not done moving and he's not done working. God said he's about to give you a refreshing, an anointing that's going to wash every care, every worry, every ounce of anxiety that's tried to lie to you. But God said he's given you dominion and authority and power. And that there's going to be power in the words that you speak. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Right now, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Come on, would you lift your voice with me right now all across this house. A fountain of restoration, God. Let it flow out of his belly right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, I wonder, would you lift your voice all across this sanctuary, all across the house of the Lord right now. God, we need you. God, we need you, Jesus. God, you're able to do a work in this place. God, you're able to do a work in this house. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I wonder would somebody begin to call on the name of the Lord. Come on, would somebody begin to lift up his wonderful name in this house. The enemy's tried to lie to you. 
tried to ask you, where do you belong and where do you fit in? But God said he has settled you and he has established you. Every fear and every lie of the enemy, God said his word is raising up against it right now. God said, do not be ashamed and do not be afraid to share your testimony. For it is a tool, an instrument to let somebody know of the glory and the power and the goodness of God. God said, it's time for you to take dominion. It's time for you to take charge. It's time for you to speak to your enemy. It's time for you to speak to the powers of darkness that try to settle not only on your mind, but in your home. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, God said he's given you a weapon. And he's given you the authority to use it. You speak the word of God. You proclaim the word of God over your house. You proclaim the word of God over your family. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you what I feel in my spirit right now. And this might sound crazy to you, but there's somebody here the Lord impressed on your heart to get up and do a victory march. And I, I would to God that you would do that right now. I would to God that you would stand to your feet and you let the devil know. I know it looked foolish around the walls of Jericho. I know they probably looked out and said, what an insignificant way. What, what a useless way to try to bring victory. But I wonder right now, would somebody stand to your feet and say, I will not be intimidated any longer. Hey, but I'm going to march around these walls until they succumb to the power of God. I'm going to march around these walls until I know God is making a way. God is working it out. God is moving. Come on, can I tell you? Hey, to the world it might look foolish. To the world it might look like nonsense. Oh, but in the spirit, come on, you can bring down giants. In the spirit, you can bring down walls. Hey, I've come to let somebody know tonight. Hey, there's enough anointing. There's enough of the power of God to bring deliverance in your mind. To bring deliverance deliverance to your family to bring deliverance in your home God uses what others see as insignificant God uses little men and little women God uses people that feel like they're washed up and feel like they're no good but God takes that little bit of faith and he can stretch it out come on Come on in the name of Jesus. Come on in the name of Jesus. Come on in the name of Jesus. Come on, I believe it tonight. I believe it tonight. I believe it tonight. I'm standing on the word of God. 
I'm standing on the power of God's word and God's authority. God has dominion in this house. Come on, don't relent. Don't give up the authority. Don't let the enemy take your power. I have dominion. I walk. Somebody plead the blood. I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. The joy of the Lord. I have dominion. I walk in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Filled with the Spirit. some of you but to begin to praise him come on it's time for you you've already walked in faith it's time for you to begin to thank him it's time for you to begin to give him glory and let the adversary know there's no wall too tall there's no adversary too great there's no giant too big i'm an overcomer i'm an overcomer
you cry out to him right now? Come on, won't you cry out to him right now? Come on, God wants to use you tonight. God wants to use you tonight. Come on, it doesn't matter how insignificant you feel. Come on, you need to let the devil know God's got his hand on my life. God's got his hand on my life. I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on his word. I'm an overcomer.
There's no doubt that people's looking for revival and, or they're looking for power. So many people walking upon this earth today is looking for a place to make their name and find their place in the world, maybe, or find their place in fame, or one thing after another. But we're looking for a revival, and it's here. And could it be those insignificant things that so many has done walk by it, never even thought about picking it up? And God's just waiting. Come on, there was times that God had to go outside of Israel to perform the miracles for those with the leprosy. There was times he'd have to send a man of God outside to a little widow. Could it be that too many is looking for revival and for these great things? And when all's said and done, it's, it's right there at our fingertips. It's, it's the most... Uh, have you ever looked for something... And it was, it, was, it was in plain sight. And you're just busy looking at all the junk. And, and all of a sudden, it's like it just jumps out. And it been there the whole time. I believe sometimes God's going to shock us. The answer was there all the time. And all of a sudden, the scales fall. And all of a sudden, the darkness flees. And all of a sudden, boom. Rash, you, you're preaching. You're walking in the Holy Ghost. And one of the most powerful things that you and I've got that has become insignificant to this world that's laying it on the coffee tables, it's collecting dust. Don't hardly ever pick it up. Don't know very much at all about it. Just depending on the man and the voice behind the pulpit. Putting their souls in that man's hand in eternity. That what he's told them. But you and I both know that the majority of the pulpits across America don't have a clue what the plan of salvation is. Neither do they know how to walk in the Holy Ghost or be led by it. Let's fall back in love with something that's so precious, so powerful. When's the last time in your prayer meeting, in your private prayer meeting, that you took your Bible and you just wrapped it up in your arms and you just held it tight and just fell in love with it again? Pray, God, show me things in this book that I've never saw before. Speak to me. Move upon me. Help me fall in love with it all over again. It's the bread of life. It's that answer that I'm going to need, that I'm not going to find in any other place. I'm going to tell you what. We get back to this. There's a lot of these other places that have to shut down. A lot of these places called these shrink heads, a lot of these other places, they'd have to shut down. 
they'd run out of business. And there'd be some lawyers had to find in some more jobs and different, different careers. And, amen. They'd be physicians and had to find different careers. And, because here's the answer. It's wrapped up right here. But it's, came, it's became insignificant to this world. You know why this nation's great? Because in the evening times, instead of listening listen to Hollywood and they didn't even have radios or nothing, you know what they done? They pull out the old hymn books and the old Bible and they'd sit out on the front porch. I'll never forget what Sister Wilson told me one time and she's already pushing 90. But she could remember it as though it just yesterday. There's a lot of other things that left, but she could remember this. Getting out the old hymn books and Daddy leading them as a family in songs. Breaking out the Bible and reading it together. Reading it out loud. What do you think happens when you begin to practice things like this? The power of the Word of God. The Old Testament man, they would read it at times and they would stand for hours. Listen to the man read it. You know why? Because they didn't have a Bible to take home with them. Only Bible they was going to be able to take home was what they heard and they planted in their heart. They could wrap it up. I just have a feeling there was prayer made already for. And when we get to listen today, boys, you, you, you get all, you can, everybody, we're going to get everything we can get. Praise God. Thank God for the word that's just as powerful as ever been. I believe it. I believe what this book says. I believe it'll do everything it said it'd do. I really do. There's not, a, there's not a circumstance or situation. There's not a battle that you go through that you can't find the answer right here. The answer's here. It's written down. Thank God for it tonight. Thank God for you. So maybe we need to ask God to help us to Start paying a little more attention to those insignificant things that we take for granted that he's blessing us with. We may just be shocked when we start looking, picking up some of those things that so many others has walked by. How many of you stop and pick up a penny? I'll pick them up. Never know, it might be that right one. I've heard this one is worth several million dollars. And God knows where it's at. And God can give it to one of his little babies. That's picked up all of them that didn't mount, not even to a good penny. But all of a sudden, because they took the time, amen, to take the time to find somebody in the ditch and there was a nobody. But all of a sudden, God said, I'll make somebody out of them. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve tonight. He sees and knows it all. I promise you tonight, not one thing gets by this God. Let's love Him. Let's serve Him. Even in the small. What destroys the vine? Small foxes. If the small foxes can destroy the vine, it's the small things that can build the kingdom. It's right the opposite. That's how it works. Let's do it, church.
Let's do it. Amen. Every word, every action, all that takes place, let's let God be God. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you.